struggling trying to find a good song for your alarm, <laughs> that might be the one. <laughs> it is uh, great to see you all here this morning. We praise God for this uh, glorious opportunity to worship Him. It's uh, always important that we uh, focus and remind ourselves that God is attentive not only to our prayers, but to our worship. And so God is, is listening, and God is uh, paying attention to us this morning. We're going to go to Job chapter 42 in just a moment, but first let's please go to God in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do praise your holy and divine name and thank you. Well, God, we thank you for all of your glory, for the heavens, the things that are seen, and the heavens, the things that are unseen. For the earth, Lord God, the things that are seen and the things that are unseen. For your works, Lord God, the things that we have seen and the things that we have not seen. But we believe by faith as we read your word. We ask, Lord God, that you help us as we worship you, to worship in spirit and in truth, that we might bring glory and honor to your name, Lord God, that our hearts might be attentive to the reading of your word, that we might remove our minds from worldly thought and careless thought, that we might keep you as the forefront of our, our minds, Lord God, in all things. We pray uh, that you help us never to forget Jesus, your great son, who came, lived, and died, gave his blood as a sacrifice for our sins. These things we do ask and pray and thank you for in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, if it be thy will. Amen. Job chapter 42. Yes, it is chapter... I guess part two, but round two works pretty good as well. Challenge, the challenge, the challenge of forgiveness, of true forgiveness, of forgiveness. I am going to forgive my brother, my sister, my husband, my wife, my mother, my father, people. My enemy, my friend. I hope that the lesson uh, series thus far that we've been kind of going through, just talking about forgiveness, has helped in some way. Job 42, verse 7. And it came about after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Timonite, My wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Now therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves. And my servant Job will pray for you for I will accept him so that I may not do with you according to your folly. Because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Timonite, and Bildad, Shuhite, and Zophar the Hamathite, went and did as the Lord told them. And the Lord accepted Job. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. Turn to Matthew chapter 6, please. We left off with Job. Because think about praying for 
these men who have uh, considered themselves your friends and yet spent many, many weeks and, and, and months ridiculing you. And then you're going to pray for them by the command of God. At first, it through life is that we pray for our enemies because it is a command of God. But as we grow into our spiritual faith, we learn to forgive because it's just simply the Christian thing, the right thing for us to do. And yet, even though we know that, still doesn't make it easy. Jesus, in the the teaching of the disciples' prayer, says in verse 9, Pray then in this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Job chapter 13. We're not finished with Job. We got to go back to Job. To finish up, it's a great, it's a great study. So where, where's the problem? You know, you think about forgiveness. The problem is me, right? You know, that would be you, me, right? I am the problem. Because here's what I enjoy. Here's what maybe, maybe we enjoy. You know, we enjoy this. We enjoy when someone wrongs us. Being the, the judge, the jury and the prosecutor. Right? We we want to be it all. You know, we want we want to be everything. And and the verdicts that we that we render to to others usually are not too merciful. Not only that, we when we when we feel wronged, far too often what we do is we 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 become defensive, right? We become defensive. And as we're defensive, um, we begin to say things like, what about me? Right? But I've been wronged today. So I don't really enjoy this. But I'm just saying, as humans, this is what we do. Right? What about me? I have been wronged. And so I'm upset. I'm offended. Therefore, I will be the judge, the jury, and the prosecutor in regards to this situation that is before me. And just for that moment, we forget something. That God promised that no sin against his people, or even against him, or any in any way, in any that no man will ever get away without making the wrong right through repentance and confession and prayer and baptism. And, and at times we insist. God, I demand to be heard. I mean, I know you said forgive them, but it's almost like we, we, we begin to talk to God as if God didn't know it happened. Right? God, but God, didn't you, did you not know? Did, 
Did you not hear? Did you not see? So Job 13, I'm going to show you that there's nothing new under the sun, right? <laughs> Beginning, if you will, at uh, verse 1. Behold, my eyes have seen all this. My ear has heard and understood what you know I also know. I am not inferior to you. He's talking to his friends, right? Verse 3. But I would ask to speak to the Almighty, and I desire to argue with God. I'm going to plead my case. (laughs) I demand to be heard. (laughs) I did want to show you today that that doesn't work out too well. But Job gave us this. God gave us this information early, right? And, in, in you know, somewhere in the early Genesis. Um, turn to chapter 23. Job says, I, wanna, I want to plead with God or, or make my case, if you will, my argument with God. Verse 1, Job goes on to say, as he longs to speak to God, then Job re- replied, even today my complaint is rebellion. His hand is heavy despite my groaning. All that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat, I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. All right? And and that's what Job said. But is that what Job did? Well, no, right? That's what we say. But I, I guarantee you that's not what we're going to do. Right? So God responded to chapter 38. This, uh, and let me say what God calls it. This is foolishness. To try to defend self and find fault with God. And this is what I hear people doing all the time. We try to find fault with God. You know, well God, you know, if, well, if God's in charge then... We, and we find a way to put everything on God. To that God might say, beginning at verse 1, And the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you instruct me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements since you know or stretched a line on it? On what were its bases sunk or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, well, who enclosed the sea with doors when bursting forth it went out from the womb? And God continues on talking to Job, asking Job, okay, Job, you want to ask questions? Let me ask you just a few. Church, that's the same thing God's saying to us. I mean, I'm telling you, I've talked to so many Christians who believe we should argue with God. We need to talk to God. Ask God these questions. I say instead, praise His name. Chapter 42, beginning in verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou can do us all things, and that no purpose of thine can be thwarted. There's nothing that God cannot do. So if God chose uh, within within you know within righteousness, so if God chose to to allow me to suffer for for His reason, 
I'm not signing up for it. I don't want to suffer. No one wants to suffer. But if it's God's choice, who am I to question God? I'm, I'm, I'm the clay. He's the potter. Chapter 40, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Job, Will the fault finder contend with the Almighty? Let him reprove. Who reproves God, answer it. So the way God saw this was that Job was a fault finder. You know, God, I need to talk to you more about this. And we, we can look back and we, we, we read the account. You read the, the book. You understand that it was Satan behind. We understand that. Job did not. May I ask you, how many of those misgivings in life do you blame on Satan? And then my second question is, how many of those do you blame on yourself? It's just, for some reason, so much easier to blame God, isn't it? Forgiveness. You say, well, well I thought the sermon was about forgiveness. Well, it is about forgiveness. Because here's what we have to accept and understand. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And I want you to understand, as, as Jesus declares to us by way of inspiration, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 Verse 19, the Bible says, Wisdom strengtheneth a wise man more than ten rulers who are in a city. Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. What does that have to do with forgiveness? Here it is. You're not perfect. (laughs) And neither am I. That's what it is. You see, it's interesting that that when we declare ourselves the judge, the jury, and the prosecutor, we forget to look at self. Because we're always looking outward. But God says, wait a minute, wait a hang on. There's not a righteous man on the earth who continually does good, who never sins. All of us mess up. Some more than others. Verse 21, listen to the scenario. Also, do not take seriously all words which are spoken, lest you hear your servant cursing you. For you also have realized that you likewise have many times cursed others. So God says, in other words, what you're accusing this guy, you're so angry at this person for cursing you, and you've forgotten you cursed some other folks yourself. You're guilty of the same sin. So what gives me the right, turn to Romans please, chapter 3, to become the judge, the jury, and the prosecutor and refuse to forgive when I'm guilty of the same sin? I think that's called hypocrisy, isn't it? Somewhere in the Bible. Romans 3, verse 10, listen to what God says. As it is written... There is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Wait. Is that? Yeah, that's talking about me. And that's talking about you. 
you know what's the easiest thing to do? One of the, one of the, I guess the easiest things is you find someone to side with you, right? Get someone on your team. You ever gone to someone and you, and you wanted to complain about something that happened and then they were honest with you and said, well, actually, I don't really see that the way you see it. I, actually, that seems like it was more your fault. You know, then you get rid of that person and go to someone else. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I don't want to talk to someone else. No, look. God says you got to take a look inside and, and not focus so much on the outside, right? Listen to Matthew 7. Matthew 7, beginning at verse verse 1. Do not judge lest you be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. And why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? And how long can you, excuse me, and how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye. You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And you say, well, Lord, the reason why I couldn't see his speck was because the log was in my eye. This is a, it's just an excuse, right? That's why I can't forgive him. I just couldn't see it. Turn to Matthew 23. Before we begin to complain, it's, it's important, just like Galatians chapter 6 says, you know, you look to yourself first. It's important to look to yourself first. Look inside. You know, it, there, there's rarely a, a marital issue where it, doesn't, it didn't take both. Somewhere in there, I've got something to do with it. I mean, oftentimes, let me just tell you about my marriage, it's never me, right? (laughs) Yeah, I wish. You gotta look inside, brethren. It's just so much easier to look at everyone else. Well, you know, look at that person. If they hadn't said this or done that, then I wouldn't have. It's like the, the, the kids out there throwing stones and, and, and one kid goes in and cries to his mother and says, Mom, so-and-so hit me with a stone. And she comes out and she's angry and upset about the fact that someone hit her child with the stone. And as she investigates the story, she finds out that the, the stone that he was hit with was the stone that he threw at them. Right? He hit them first and they threw it back. You don't tell that part of the story. We just start with the second part. Well, they hit me with a stone. I don't know why they would do that to me. Because we don't look outside, we just, you know, I mean, we don't look inside, rather, we look outside all the time. We look at everybody else. Matthew 23, verse 25, listen to what Jesus says. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish, so that the outside of it may become clean also. How many how many stories in life have a beautiful out exterior, but the inside is rotten, right? I mean, you know, it's like you tell your story about what happened in this relationship or this situation, and, and it, on the outside is beautiful. I just love your story. The first time you hear a story, you go, wow, I can't believe that so-and-so would do such and such a thing or think in such and such a way. But then when you start investigating, oh, it's full of rottenness on the inside, isn't it? You gotta look inside of your heart. Philippians, please, chapter 2. 
we have to look deep within our own hearts when it comes to forgiveness and remind ourselves that as, as I have complaints for humanity, I've got to realize that I too am a part of humanity and others have complaints about me. In other words, none of us are perfect. And the, the sooner that we recognize that, meaning we actually accept it, right? It, you know, ex- let me say it again. We accept it. You know, it's like the brother comes forward and asks for, for forgiveness. And then we're like, oh, I can't believe they did that. And I just did that last week. I just didn't get, ca- I didn't get caught. <laughs> Philippians 2 verse 3. The ability to look beyond self is a gift from God. Listen to what it says. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Brethren, holding a grudge against other people is not looking out for their interests. You know those uh, those those stares and those deadly eyes. <laughs> It doesn't help anybody. It's not going to help the situation. Any. Turn please to, to, to Matthew chapter 6. You ever heard the, the story about the lady who was on the freeway and, and, uh, it was a, it was, you know, it was a very congested day. Lots of cars, lots of traffic and, and there was a vehicle behind, uh, the lady and she's an elderly lady and the, and the guy in the, in the vehicle behind kept honking the horn at her and kept honking the horn at her and kept honking the horn at her. And, and she couldn't figure it out because she's like, look at all this traffic. There's nowhere I can go. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not driving like an old person. I just, there's nowhere to go. And she got out of her car. She was so upset and she went back there and she banged on that man's window and he wound his window down, was a little cautious. And she says, why do you keep honking your horn at me? You see, there's nowhere to go. And she just gave him the riot act. And then he humbly said, ma'am, your bumper sticker says honk if you love Jesus. <laughs> Right? I mean, you, you, you got to remember what you said. Right? You got to remember what you said. And so often we forget what we said, right, last week. Matthew 6, 14, Jesus says, For if you forgive men for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. You cannot read that scripture and then find a reason not to forgive someone. Right? I mean, you know, but we have, we have found a reason, and I'm going to talk about that reason tonight. I'm going to talk about that reason tonight. The whole lesson is going to be about that reason. What reason have we found to justify, even though Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says, if you forgive men, God will forgive you, but if you do not forgive men, your heavenly Father will not forgive you, yet Christians have found a way around that scripture. But let me tell you something, on Judgment Day, there's no way around it. If we found our excuse, we found our reason not to forgive. This does not suggest that forgiving others is is an easy thing, especially our enemies. It's not to suggest that. But you know, we find it even difficult to forgive our loved ones. Matthew chapter 16. 
I must never forget my own personal imperfections. When you read the Bible, the Bible, although it is a a book that is written for all, it is written specifically to you. (laughs) It's God's message to me. So when you, when you wake up and you begin to read your, the word and you, and you read it throughout the day, ask the Lord, what is it that you are trying to tell me today that I'm missing? Open my eyes and my heart and my ears to be able to hear and to see whatever it is and to receive the message that you are delivering to me. And sometimes that message is you need to go and forgive your brother. There are some very difficult things in life to forgive. I'm not making light of it. There are some very difficult... And I want to talk tonight about what forgiveness is not. I think that's important. I think when we know what forgiveness is not, that might help us to be able to forgive. Right? Matthew 16 and verse 24. Listen, there's no situation in life There's no sin against me in life that's so powerful to the point to where it causes me to have a refusal in my mind to forgive and then I miss heaven for it or because of it. Verse 24 says, Jesus said to the disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. For what will a man be profit if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. Right? Matthew 5. Not, there's nothing. Nothing is worth losing your soul over. Nothing. Verse 43. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In order that your, you may be sons of your father, who is in heaven, for he calls his sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax gatherers do the same. If you greet your brothers only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Learn, learn to, to let it go. So I need to talk about that tonight. Learn to let it go. Well, I'm not, I just can't, I can't just let it go. I, I know. I know. Mark chapter 11. There are not enough apologies or, or paybacks to mend the broken hearts of humanity. I mean, your heart's been just broken and saturated with hurt 
and anguish and pain and it just, and it transforms you, right? Sometimes there are things that will just change you and, and transform you and, I know. Preacher, I'm having a hard time forgiving that. Yeah, but there's not enough paybacks. You know, how many times have you met someone that, that said, you know, I finally, I finally got my revenge, but I still don't feel better. Because that's not gonna mend your heart. That's not gonna fix it. Only God can fix it. Only Jesus can mend the broken heart. Only Jesus can give me a purpose in my forgiveness. See, if you, if you are, are revengeful, vengeful in your heart and you go and you, you go, you pay back, you know, you're, you're gonna find that, um, it's gonna come back to bite you. Right? And, and it's amazing that the agonizing pain doesn't go away, but a new one does come. Right? Because then you come to your senses and go, you know, I shouldn't have been so hard. I shouldn't have quite done it that way. Mark 11, verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, who's in heaven, forgive your transgressions. It's, it's Christian of us to forgive. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to talk a little more about this one tonight. I'm going to bring these two scriptures up. But Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. And so, as those who have been chosen of God, holy, And beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. (laughs) Kind of kills the grumblers, huh? (laughs) Well, I just don't like when they did... God says, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Learn how to let it go. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and slander and clamor be put away from you along with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. I think the Lord needs to help a lot of us get out of that rut. What can you think of in your life today? And maybe it's already the forefront of your mind (laughs) that you've been having a hard time forgiving. Today is the day 
to let it go and let God. So when you let it go, this transformation will happen. When you take this situation, here it is, on this side, and it's been bugging you and bothering you for years, months, weeks, days, whatever. And you take that situation and you give it to God. Never touch it again. The burden will finally be lifted from your shoulders. It is your faith and your confidence in God that lifts the burden, not the payback. It's the faith and confidence to know that when I take this situation and I give it to God, that God will do as he promised. He'll take care of it. I no longer have to burden myself with being the judge, the jury, and the prosecutor. Thank you, God. This morning, maybe there's something on your heart. Maybe there's something you need to seek forgiveness from God. If that be the case, we would like to help you. The opportunity is yours. The door is open. Today's the day of salvation. If you are not a child of God and you would like to surrender to Christ in the waters, a baptism today, you've, you've believed his word and you're willing to have godly sorrow. You found it in your heart. Finally, found godly sorrow. Repentance. And you're ready to confess his name. To be the Lord, the Son, the living God. You're baptized, immersed in water. And isn't it amazing? And thank you, God, that God doesn't think like us. Because God will wipe all those sins away. So this morning, if we can help in any way, uh, please make that known. We're going to stand in a moment and sing a song of invitation. God bless you and thank you this morning for your time. Please find forgiveness in your heart. God bless you.